it's the next level. And now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show, The Melting Path, the Next Level Network. Today, let's move around so we're not kicking wires. How about that? Uh, <laughs> today, I will talk to you about uh, wearing contact lenses for the first time. Yes, yeah, very exciting. Very, it's an adjustment. We'll talk about that. Got my eye exam, finally. Uh, we'll talk about Jeopardy streaks, because apparently... Not everyone is a fan of them. Uh, I love them, which I've talked about and I will talk about. I'll talk about something I saw on Twitter the other day, and I, I kind of put it out to the universe, not really to read all your answers because I don't feel like reading that much, but when helping a colleague at work, if you want to do it over the phone or email, and the response was uh, a little different than I expected, maybe because we all work in different industries. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, we had something funny that happened at a staff meeting yesterday. And uh, and I will tell you about that because it just it's so dumb. We got a song from our new friends. Where are we doing this week? Is it Northbound this week? Let's, we should probably have figured that out before we started recording, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. Uh, we may change that by the time we get there. But anyway, uh, we'll do that. We hopefully will hear from the captain about the fly guys. It's still not good, but he's going to bring it anyway, uh, unless he's busy, and that's fine. We have NFL conference championships. We'll talk about those, and we'll try to preview those anyway. We'll do a little bit of Royal Rumble. Um, I'll look at the card later and decide what I want to talk about, if anything. This was almost, by the way, a Royal Rumble preview show, but I did not think to do it until Saturday afternoon. And by then, anybody who could have done it was busy, and then I fell asleep anyway. So uh, it didn't really, <laughs> didn't go, <laughs> that did not materialize. So, um, but yeah, that's tonight. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Sorry, Mom. Um we will get to that at the end. You can turn it off when it's done. No, my mom likes G-Love. Damn it. All right, well, I'll skip ahead. It'll probably be like four and a half minutes, and uh, and that'll be that, which seems like a long time if you think about it. But then just don't think about it. How about that? All right, awesome. There we go. That's all the stuff. We are uh, we got it all laid out for you, and uh, that's what we're doing today. Do we want to start with this? No, you know what? We're going to end with the soap thing, because if somebody skips uh, out of the sports, I want them to leave on a funny thing. How's that? So I finally got an eye exam for the first time in like six years because I don't, I know I'm supposed to get an eye exam every year. I should do that. Maybe now that I'm doing contacts, I will have to kind of keep up with that. So I really should do that. But my eyes, weirdly enough, my eyes did not really change that much in that time, and I, which doesn't seem right to me. But anyway, um, I can still see. So I guess that's, that's good, right? No? All right. So there were two places that I could have gone. Well, probably more, but there were two places that I was considering going. One of them was uh, further away. I would have had to get on the bus and then be around a bunch of people, and I, I just didn't want to do that. So the second one was closer. It's about a mile away. It's actually, I pass it on the Taco Bell trot, so it's a mile away. So I figured, all right, well, let me look up and see when the bus is coming, because that'll save me a little bit of time. And as soon as I got out there, I saw the bus leave. So I was like, all right, guess I'm walking. So I got a little fresh air yesterday, the other day. and. Um, it went well, I think. I mean, I, I never think that I really do well in my eye exams, but the doctor did say that based on my last uh, the last RX for my frames here, or lenses specifically, I guess I should say, uh, that my it didn't really change that much, which I guess is good. 
my right eye is way worse than my left, which I knew. But, you know, yesterday, you know, they make you take your glasses off. If you never had, a, like, an eye exam when you can't see well, uh, <laughs> you know, you take your glasses off and they show the chart and you're like, wow, holy crap, I can't see at all. And, um, yeah, my right eye is way worse than my left, like, not even close. So she said, okay, you know, we're going to try contact lenses. Have you done it before? And the reason I want to try contacts, I mean, the ultimate goal is LASIK, so I don't have to do any of this anymore. But it's very expensive, and uh, I didn't have that much money. So I said, let me try contacts. If I have to go places, I'm tired of wearing glasses in general, and I'm tired of, you know, having foggy glasses when I got to wear a mask. Because, I, again, I don't mind wearing a mask. It's a minor inconvenience. But if I can do something to eliminate the foggy face part of it, then I will try that. And she's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. The contacts, you do it like this and this. And I just realized now I forgot to buy a solution. So I hope I don't drop them when I put them in tomorrow. Um, yeah, I know it's weird to wear them when I'm not going anywhere, but if I have to get used to them, I got to put them in every, well, I only got like three or four like demo pairs to use. And um, I got to keep using those to get used to them, right? So, you know, you pop it in there and putting them in, it's really not, like I was really nervous about that a little bit, trying to figure out how to do it. But then they kind of walk you through, like take your one hand and move your eyelashes out of the way and then just kind of not really plop it in there, but you just kind of place it right on the middle of your eye there. Sorry uh, if this gets too graphic for some people, but um, I don't think it's that bad, but uh, you know, I'm not everybody. So I was able to get that in and you kind of got to move your eye around and blink a bunch of times and get it set in there. And I got it pretty much immediately, not to toot my own horn, but I will anyway. Yeah, I did better than even I thought I would do. And so we did that. And then taking them out is actually a lot easier. You just have to, as long as you get your thumb in the right spot on your, like on your eye there, and then you just kind of squeeze, not squeeze your eye, like don't be a moron. Uh, that's mean. I shouldn't have said that. You know, just be careful. This is for anybody who's never worn them and is considering contact lenses. I'm an idiot. And I have no like fine motor skills at all. And I figured it out with relative ease. So if you are, uh, you know, a normal person, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have any trouble. If you're squeamish about doing it, of doing things to your eyes, then, you know, skip it. But um, I will say it was an adjustment, but being able to walk home without having my eyes all fine, like being able to see things in front of me and like with my mask on even was really, it was really good. Like I, I really liked it a lot. And I also like, I went so the eye exam thing, they'll email you and text you like, hey, you know, this might happen, uh, wear sunglasses. And I'm like, okay, well, my glasses that I have and the ones that I'm going to be getting in a couple days are transition lenses. Because, I mean, I got those, I started wearing transitions when I was like 12, and I can't go back. So it's more expensive, I know, but I can't go back. I can't do it, and I won't do it, damn it. So I was like, well, they're transitions, but I'm guessing like, they need. They mean like really dark because if you don't know, you see the commercials for transitions. Maybe I don't know if they are on anymore, but you go from like super clear regular lenses and then they get super dark. It doesn't work that way. They don't get that light. They don't get that dark. So I stopped at Rite Aid, got a pair of sunglasses, my first pair of real sunglasses I bought in, I don't know, well, 23 years, I guess. And so I grabbed those and I didn't even need them because I didn't get eye drops, but they did the puff thing to my eye and they said my eyes looked good. Nothing was really wonky no uh, signs of diseases. I learned that like you can find out if somebody has diabetes through pictures of their eyes, which I don't know anything about diabetes, really. I feel bad for people who have to deal with that, but I did not know. 
that you could check for that through somebody's eyes. Like, not like just, oh, look into my eyes, man. Like, not that. Like, <laughs> the inside of the eye. And I didn't know that. And I thought that, like, she showed me pictures of the insides of my eyes. I'm like, here's what we're looking at. Here's this. Your eyes are pretty healthy. You just, you know, astigmatism, stuff like that. So I was like, all right, well, it could be a lot worse, I guess, right? I mean, I know I can't see good, and that's a problem. But yeah, she said, I'm a good candidate for contact lenses, thankfully. I didn't ask. I should have asked about LASIK, just like, am I a good, like, is this something that I can look forward to at some point when I get some money to get, right? Maybe, maybe I'll ask that on, I have to go back in a week. So maybe I'll ask, um, say, hey, I'm not looking to do this right now, but do you think I'd be a good candidate based on what you've seen or like what's on the chart? At some point, would I be a good candidate for LASIK? Maybe I should ask. Because then that'd be, that'd be the ultimate, right? I mean, that's kind of a scary thing to think about, like the way they do it. but it would uh, save me money over the years in the long run, right? I mean, I have to get reading glasses, I guess, when I'm older, but that's probably 10, 15 years away, right? I'm 33 and I'm not super blind yet, so I guess I got some time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, it was interesting. It was, like I hadn't had an eye exam in a while and I didn't go to like, and I went to LensCrafters. I didn't go to like an optometrist's office, which maybe I should have, maybe they would have taken my insurance, but shout out to the LensCrafters people for giving me like the super employee discount. Cause when I got the frames, they were like, all right, it's this much. And I was like, oh geez, but no, we have this deal. And then another employee came over and was like, no, no, try this one. And then another, a third employee was like, no, no, use this one. So it saved me like 200 bucks. And I'm very grateful for that. And I, oh, I got to do that survey. Um, got to give them five stars all the way around. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I'll have to go back next week for follow up and to actually order some contact lenses. So uh, maybe I should have done this years ago when I was playing basketball. Would have really helped out. Uh, sorry, mom. Didn't, uh, didn't even think about it really when I was a kid. Maybe I should have. Anyway. Yeah. Yesterday I could see without wearing my glasses for the first time in 23 years. And I got to tell you, it was pretty tight. It was pretty tight. So yes, my eyes are fine. It's an adjustment putting stuff in them, but, uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. Right. No? All right. Anyway, enough about your eyes, Pat. Nobody cares. All right, Jesus. All right. Uh, let's talk Jeopardy. Because, you know, I love Jeopardy. We watch every night. And currently, I hope I'm not jinxing anything. I don't believe in that. But um, actually, it's already happened, so it doesn't matter. I can't jinx it because whatever game has aired, whatever games have aired by the time this comes out. Because for me, it's Wednesday. Sorry, I'm like hiccuping weirdly in the middle of words. Whatever games are going to air between today, Wednesday, and Saturday when the show comes out have already happened. So I'm not jinxing anything because it's already done. How about that? Pat, are you just getting yourself off the hook in case somebody blames you? Yeah, of course. I know how the internet works. Uh, so Amy Schneider is, there we go, on quite a run. Sorry, I'm dropping chapstick all over the place. Um, she's on quite a run, and it's been really good to watch. She's just kicking the crap out of everybody. And there was a Jeopardy! champion who was, you know what, hold on, let me look up his name. His name is Tom Nichols, and he did a piece for The Atlantic called It Might Be Time to Retire Jeopardy. And he, a lot of stuff he's been complaining about, I read it the other day, I'm not going to read through it again, I'm certainly not going to read it to you. Um, so he was on the show back in the day when there was a five-day limit for champions. Like, you could win for a week, and then you were done. Then that was it. Then I guess you got to go back to the Tournament of Champions, and try to win more money there or whatever. So he's saying that he doesn't like the long streaks because, you know, you're just 
you're seeing one person dominate the board for weeks and weeks at a time, and some people find that boring. But he pointed out, and you know I don't care much about TV ratings, but he pointed out that during you know James Holtzauer's run, Matt Amodio's run, even Ken Jennings' run back in the day, and now Amy Schneider, that the ratings are up for these people in their long streaks. Now, whether that's people watching to see that person win again, or it's somebody looking to see them get knocked off, that part, as far as like the numbers go, it doesn't matter why they're watching. The fact is they're watching, right? And in higher numbers than they were previously. And so this guy's complaining about all this stuff, like just whining about, oh, we should change this and all oh, the rules and da 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 and it's no fun and blah, blah. And I, someone said, I didn't look into this, but I should have to dump on him a little bit more. But someone said that he actually like only got to come back for the tournament of champions on a technicality that gave him like his fifth win or something like that. I never, there's some uh, Jeopardy historian, somebody let me know. I didn't look into it. And I'm, I don't have time to do it now, but I mean, I could pause and do it, but I don't want to because I have other stuff that I need to do. So this guy's just complaining, oh, we should go back to this, uh, the five-day rule and do this and that. I'm like, man, look, I understand that some people don't like to see, you know, a buzzsaw run through. I got to tell you, watching James Holzhauer dominate, watching Matt Amodio dominate, and currently watching Amy Schneider dominate the board is really fun for me. Like, I want to see them make as much money as possible. I will say, like, she may or someone eventually may catch Ken Jennings. But sorry, I, I kind of like coughed and there's something stuck. Hold on. How about you hydrate, Pat? All right, geez. All right, that's better. So uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, somebody might catch Ken Jennings at some point, but I don't think anyone's going to make as much money as James Holzhauer because he was a guy who was betting all these big numbers the whole time he was winning. And like he almost matched Ken Jennings' like total earnings in what do you win? 32 games in a row, 33 games in a row, something like that. And he almost matched what Ken made in 74 games. And so like nobody is really betting like that right now. I mean, Matt Amodio kind of did, but Amy Schneider certainly not betting that much. And she's not hitting on all those bets either. I guess that like if she's making a big wager, she doesn't always hit that in final jeopardy, but she's so far ahead of everyone else that it does like she's lost in some final jeopardies, 10,000, 25,000, you know, big numbers like that and still won by a lot because she just pulled so far ahead from the beginning. And uh, it's been really like, again, I get it that not everybody wants to see this. This is not for everybody, but it's for me. I enjoy it a lot. And there's no real sense to like attack the game at its core and say, oh, I think we should stop doing this game show because I don't like what it's doing. Just turn it the f off, buddy. Like, don't watch it anymore. It's not that hard. You turn it off. You don't watch it. You, you know, avoid all the, the chats and the Jeopardy alumni groups or whatever you're in and just leave it be. It's not that hard. Like, just walk away. It's like people complaining about, you know, wrestling on TV. Like, oh, this show is so terrible. Uh, even not even wrestling, just like any other show. Like, oh, this show sucks now. All right. Show the people, the network people that you don't like it by not watching. Don't talk about it because if you're still talking about it online, the show is still getting buzz and... For some executives, that's like, oh, people are talking about it, so we should keep making more and keep doing, you know, put more into this show. If you don't talk about it anymore, it's going to fall off the page, as they say, and you won't have to do it anymore. You don't have to hear about it. You don't have to see it. Nothing. So I really don't know what this guy's problem is with like, hey, we should do this. We should do this. Like, I think he's just mad that he got the fifth win on a technicality, and then, I don't know, he's still... 
I don't know. It's like 25 years ago. He's still mad about it. But anyway, the point is, I understand that not everybody likes Jeopardy streaks, the long, you know, running into the buzzsaw, as it were. But I enjoy it. If it's not for you, you're probably not watching. And uh, tell you what, I'll let you know when it ends. All right. I will let you know when Amy Schneider's streak on Jeopardy ends. And I hope they don't have to come back next week and say, hey, it ended on Friday. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I want because I'm enjoying her run very much. So, yeah, there you go. That's the Jeopardy thing. Uh, some people don't like it. Some people think it's boring. And that's fine. That's no problem. That's also no reason to write a whole piece in The Atlantic about it to try to sell a book that you're writing or whatever. Like, subscribe to my stuff and see more of me whining about things. Like, no. that Like, I read it, and, you know, fine, sure. You have some insight because you played the game, but that didn't make me want to read anything more from you because you came off as a whiny little <laughs> All right? So there you go. <laughs> So there you go with that. Um, Jeopardy, man. I love it. I love Jeopardy so much. It's so good. I took the test. I told you about that a few months ago, maybe a year ago now. Uh, it's really it's really goddamn difficult, everybody. And, uh, you know, if you make it, God bless you. And I hope you do well if you get on the show. Because it's more than just like passing the test, right? You have to go and do the TV test and do another practice game and all that. So if you make it to any any further part of that, good for you. I'm proud of you and I'm rooting for you. All right, so there you go. So I thought about this the other day, and this actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago when someone, this is about, uh, you know, doing things at work, because I saw somebody on Twitter complaining about, like, oh, younger office workers don't want to, like, they'd rather send 27 emails back and forth than do a five-minute phone call to resolve an issue. And my response to that was, I'd rather email you with a screenshot of what I'm doing or what you're, like, if you... All right, so I took this in terms of what my job is. So nine times out of 10, somebody's like, hey, why doesn't this screen say what I know that it should say? Like, why isn't this working the way that it should? I'm like, okay, well, here's what you should do to make it look the way you want it to look. And that's much easier to to do that because not everybody can figure out how to share their screens with uh, Microsoft Teams, which is fine because having to explain that is kind of a pain too. So it's easier for me to go, here's what it should look like here's what you need to click on to make it look like this. And if that's easier to send that screenshot to you once than have to walk you through like, okay, click this, do that, do that, do that. And if it's unclear, then all right, maybe you call me or whatever. But I had it happen a couple of weeks ago where I sent an email to somebody that said, okay, here's what you have to do to get the thing to do what you want it to do. And then they kept emailing back like, oh, it's not working. What about this? What about this? And so eventually, instead of just calling them a idiot, I I looped back around to the first message and I said, here's what you have to do. Send this, like click this thing. I circled things and all that. And finally they got it after, you know, four or five emails back and forth of complaining. And they're like, oh, why can't you just call me? I'm like, because I can't show you what to do if I'm on the phone with you. And plus, while I'm doing this, I can also do other work while I'm sending you this email. Like I can send you this email and then do other work while I wait for you to figure out what to do like based on what I've sent you. And if I'm on the phone, I'm tied only to you and my other work is now going in the backlog and that's not what I want. So I guess for me, it's easier to show you what I need to do. And if we can do that over the phone, if you can share your screen, if we could figure that out, then we could do it that way. But nine times out of 10, it's easier for me to say, here's this, here's what it should look like. Here's how you get there. There it is, right? And also because I've had this happen too. I want a record of the conversation because I've had people come behind me 
and say, oh, well, this person said this and this said this would happen. I'm like, nope, that's not what happened. You only got the last part of the conversation. Here's what I sent the first time. And then everybody says, oh, well, yeah, you could have just done that and saved us all a bunch of time. Anyway, so I asked you when you're trying to, that's a long way to get to the thing here, but uh, if you're helping a colleague with something, do you prefer to do it over the phone or through email? And uh, the response was a little more split than I thought. Um, Because my thought, maybe, you know, I do things differently than everybody else, like in terms of what we actually do. But it was more almost down the middle for doing it over the phone. So, I mean, yeah, if I can call you and say, oh, you just have to do this, then that's one thing. But most of the time, it's easier if I show you. And, you know, I, uh, I'm okay with it, though. Like, I'm okay with doing things over the phone if that's the most efficient and effective way to get it done. But in terms of what I do, the better way to do it is that I can show you what the screen should look like and how to get there. Right. So for me, man, it's uh, it's much easier to email you a picture of it and show you what's up. All right. So. Yeah, there you go. Just I just don't be dumb. Like, don't I, I know I went off on that union thing a little while ago, but uh, I didn't. Maybe I should take that part out. But anyway, Jesus, <laughs> the point is, whichever way you have to get things done at work. Just make sure it's the most effective way for you and the person you're talking to. Okay? Can we do that? Great. Great. All right. So I got the artist right. I got that part right. It is northbound. Like I said, see, we're just going to jump right in. It is northbound. Our new friends. Shout out to Taylor, by the way. My friend Taylor on Twitter at T Run Money. There's some underscores in there. Um, When I put the call out for new music, I tagged her because I knew that she would have a bunch of. Uh, let's say artists that I can play on the show at the ready. And she gave me like seven of them and I'm very grateful. Uh, so yeah, the music for the last few weeks and the next few are from Taylor and our friends at 25, eight PR. So yeah, thank you to both of you. How about that? So let- <laughs> I don't know what song we're going to play. We should probably figure that out. Hold on one second. All right. So I found the song. I wrote it down at a different spot and had to dig through my phone. I did find the song that we're going to play, but I realized I forgot to tell you the soap story. So we have, so I'll do that first, and then people who don't like sports can get out of here. Maybe this is only funny to me. I don't know. But we had a staff meeting the other day, and you know we did some work stuff. Some of the, I, I'll be honest with you. I generally kind of zone out during these meetings because they don't have a lot to do with what I do specifically. So, I mean, I'll take notes. I'll write stuff down. But I don't always, I'm not always engaged. Let me just put it that way in the staff meeting. So sorry, bosses, if you're listening, my bad. Um, again, I take notes. I write stuff down. And when it's important, I, you know, I take it, I take a note. So we did that. And then there was another issue that the boss almost didn't bring up during the meeting because it's an in-house issue and not everybody, like there are a lot of us working from home. And I'm so glad that she brought it up because it turns out that someone on one floor of the building, we have two floors for our office uh, in this building. And someone has been stealing soap from the bathroom. And the funny part about this for me is that the managers will open the building at, you know, 730 or whatever. And by 830, the soap in the bathrooms on this one floor that we have, are it's gone. Like the soap is gone. And it's not in like little containers. It's on dispensers on the wall. And somehow, some way, someone is, uh, as they put it, tampering with 
the uh, the mechanisms. Someone said that, I think. And they're stealing the soap from the bathroom, from work. And I don't know... All right, part of this for me is funny because, like, wow, you're stealing soap from work. Like, what's going on? Like, that's... Like, if you're doing it to mess with people, that's funny. Like, I'm just, oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm crazy. I'm taking all your soap. But the other part of it is obviously, like, maybe there's something more going on here. Like, there's a reason that someone is taking this soap for, you know, that's meant for the office. And so the boss decided, hey, here's what we're going to do. I went and got these little containers, and everybody's going to get their own soap when they go to the bathroom because that's really... And, of course, everybody in the chat's blowing up like, hey, you know, oh, there's a soap bandit. Maybe we should get an investigation, get a committee going. And the funny part was, another funny part about this was, like right after the soap thing was mentioned, uh, one of the supervisors jumped in and said, hey, by the way, I have four new people who are waiting to go. Like what happens when you get hired at this job is you go to an office and you sit there and do whatever it is that you do. I didn't really do much of anything. And you wait until you can go down to training. So there are four people waiting to, do, to, go, to go. I can't even finish it. There, there are four people now waiting to go to training. And this was their first staff meeting, is that we had to talk about a goddamn soap band in the office. <laughs> and so I said, hey, why don't you put them to work, like make them investigate the soap uh, the soap issue and have them catch the bandit. And I was like, oh, I wonder uh, if the soap bandit gets, or no, if uh, the person assigned to catch the soap bandit gets a raise. Is there an additional, you know, a little bit of a pay bump or is there a reward if somebody catches them? And uh, that was not answered yet. So I don't know, but uh, if there is an issue, like if there's a real reason you have to take this soap or you feel you have to take this soap, then I hope you get that resolved. But in my mind, it's much funnier to say uh, that this person is stealing the soap from the office to be a d And that's funny. Like that part of it's funny. Like you're just going in, the building's freshly open for the day, which means the soap has hopefully been replaced from the day before or not replaced, replenished from the day before. And so you're just being a jerk and you're just like trolling the office. There aren't that many people in the office right now, but still, you're taking the soap during a pandemic. Like that's kind of, but it's also a little funny unless there's a real issue going on, in which case we're not, not allowed to laugh at it because uh, then we have to find out what's going on. But uh, in my view, it's uh, it's funnier to see somebody like wearing a, a Hamburglar mask or whatever and just going in and swiping the soap somehow and uh, and taking care of business that way. Because God damn it, I, I don't miss going to the office, but I'm glad that I got that story during the meeting. I'm glad that it was brought up during the meeting because we needed a laugh. And, uh, and I hope that I can brighten your day as well. There is someone in my office stealing soap before the day's really begun. And I just think that's really funny that she made a point to bring it up in the staff meeting that, hey, even though a lot of you are teleworking, there's someone stealing soap. So... <laughs> So there you go. All right. So now, if you do not like sports, it is almost your time to get on out of here because we have a song from our new friend, Northbound, and you can find more from him at northboundfl, as in Florida, dot com. And he appears, this appears courtesy of Smart Punk Records. And this song, uh, yeah, I had to kind of dig for it because I forgot where I wrote it down. Uh, but this is not his latest. His latest is something different, but I wanted to play this one instead because it's got a nice guitar solo, and I like this one a little better. So sorry, just, uh, you know, I wasn't given a specific instruction on which one to pick, so I picked this one. So again, Northbound, our new friend, thank you very much for the okay. This song is called Special. It's the Melty Pack on the Next Level Network. 
thought I was mental you replied to me that's the industry and said no one else will ever truly want me and I'm done with fashion and overreacting black jeans and aspens are a waste of my talent There you have it, our new friend, Northbound, with, uh, again, I want to say the latest. It's not. The song is special. Northboundfl.com for more. And again, appears courtesy of Smart Punk Records, The Melting Pat, The Next Level Network. Yes. Yes. I kind of took a weird little, uh, little jump there with my breathing and moving and shaking but in any case northbound thank you very much and uh you know maybe don't tell him about that part again like uh just don't don't share that with him you know in case he doesn't listen to the show i don't know you know you don't want to dissuade him from me playing he might tell me to take out the song i you know i don't know how people are going to react again that's more for me doing that little that's for me that's all for me you know some people enjoy it i think uh that's how I became best friends with uh, with Derek from Headspace because he's like, "Yep, we got to talk to this guy," and so um, it's for fun, it's for me, and uh, 
Yeah, thanks very much. Northboundfl.com for more. And again, it appears courtesy of Smart Punk Records. So there you go with all of that. And uh, if you do not like sports, this is your time. I gave you a little more time today. Um, a little more of me. I don't know. I spent a lot of time talking about my eyes, I guess. So maybe that's not good for you. But, uh, you know, that's all. If you don't like sports, we're going to do NFL. We'll do um, uh, yeah, blah, 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 Baseball Hall of Fame and hopefully the captain. And then that will be that for the show. So let's do... Let's do baseball first. Uh, I almost went, but not yet. Let's do baseball Hall of Fame first. There is one name who has been elected to the Hall of Fame this year. It is one David Ortiz. So we send our congratulations. Uh, I love seeing the videos of the guys getting the call from the Hall of Fame. I love it. Just the joy, the jubilation with them, with everybody around them, if they're with a group of people. It's so good. It's so it's so wonderful. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it's great. Well-deserved, in my opinion. I love David Ortiz. I thought he was a great player. He did uh, so many good things, you know? So I'm not going to dive too deeply into it, but um, I, did, I think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. You can say whatever you want. You can disagree. We can talk about whatever. Uh, I will say I agree. You can't set a different, I think, uh, who's, I can't remember who said this on Twitter. Maybe a couple people did, but you can't have a set of rules where it says, okay, this guy's linked to PEDs, so he doesn't get in. But this guy was also linked to PEDs, and maybe it's not as concrete. Maybe it's not as big of a thing. I don't remember, uh, you know, what the real circumstance, well, I think part of it was that Mitchell report that came out in what, 2007, which turned out to be a complete joke, by the way. And it was just such a mess. Like those tests weren't supposed to go out and like not everything on there was at the time prohibited. And it was a whole big thing. Um, I remember writing about it at the time. And, you know, people who have listened to me for a long time, which is like two of you, because I do mean a long time, know that I at one point in my life was very anti, like if you were even, you know, and not literally, but if you were really close to the PED stuff, I didn't want you in the Hall of Fame at all. And over the years, I softened my stance on that because the point of the Hall of Fame to me is to celebrate the game, the good and the bad, right? So, you know, all right, well, Pete Rose is a little bit different because he never appeared on a ballot. So I did wonder, though, if he was allowed to appear on a ballot because he was banned from the game for what he did, right? So he never appeared on the Hall of Fame ballot. I do wonder, given what went down, if he was allowed to appear on a ballot, and I want to know, I want to hear from baseball people about this. If he was allowed to appear on the ballot, do you think he would have been voted in by the writers? That's what I want to know about Pete Rose. And other things like, I really, I don't care that much at this point. You know, if you didn't commit a crime while you were, uh, or I guess maybe at all, I don't know, I want to, maybe the qualifier is while you were playing. If you didn't commit a crime while you were playing, then, uh, you know, let him in. Like, I'm not really... You know, I mean, put a little asterisk next to the name or whatever. I've talked about this before, how the league made all this money when guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling and whoever were playing. Maybe Schilling's a little bit different, but so let's just stick with Bonds and Clemens. Like you made all that money when they were doing what they did, you know, 100% them or not, they still went out and did it. They hit the ball. They still hit their spots pitching, whatever. And the league made all the money. And now they're saying, you know, nope. And maybe... It's more the writers and not the league, but still, you know, the writers are adhering to this character clause that was written by Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who was commissioner at the time. Do you know 
two things about Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Number one, his name was just removed from the MVP award a couple years ago because it turns out, hey, he was super racist. And, an and number two, he wrote that character clause. So maybe, you know, we've taken his name off the award and we're kind of distancing ourselves from that as a sport, distancing from this piece of crap who used to run it. Maybe we shouldn't use his words against these people who are trying to get in the Hall of Fame, right? Maybe if I talked about that already, I'm sorry. But anyway, let him in. I don't care anymore at this point. Like if they did, they earned the number. Well, okay. And then you could say, oh, earned it, blah, blah, blah. But they put up the numbers. They did a lot for the game while they were in it, even if that was just making people watch more games. Like, that's good for the game. And if your Hall of Fame and Museum is meant to celebrate the history of the game, or at least uh, maybe celebrates the wrong word, let's use the word showcase instead. If you're meant to showcase and say, hey, here's all the stuff that's happened to baseball over the last 300 years or whatever, then I don't see why you can't have two of the best players from their era in the Hall of Fame. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, and maybe they'll get in on veterans committees. I think one of those meets next year or this year. So hopefully we'll get this uh, straightened out by then. But I didn't mean to overshadow David Ortiz, by the way. But you know I was going to bring this up because it's in the conversation. It's about Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to go so far as, oh, the Hall of Fame's a joke. But the fact that you're not having these guys in when they were the best of their era... And to some, the best ever. I don't know that I go that far, but I can be convinced, I'm sure, if I really sat down and, and dove into the numbers. But uh, I think Bonds and Clemens very well deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's a bummer that they're not, but it's not a bummer that David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Uh, of course, there were questions. What about this? Is he, He's a full-time DH. He's, you know, he's linked to this and that. But overall, he got the numbers to get in, and his speech is going to be really fun. And he is... Uh, for some of his detractors, he is a great example of what happens when you're nice to the media, right? Because Bonds had all those questions and he was kind of an about it. And Ortiz was like, I didn't do it. But then also, hey, I'm going to go on Fox and have fun with whoever, right? So being nice, being cordial to the people who are going to eventually vote you into the Hall of Fame can go a long way because maybe a lot of people don't think you should be in and that's fine. But I do and I'm very happy about it. So Congratulations, David Ortiz. Looking forward to the Hall of Fame speech in the summer. Um, and as far as, you know, Bonds and Clemens and Schilling, well, Schilling didn't want to get in by the writers anyway, but maybe they'll get in from the these players' committees. I think one meets at the end of the year, so we shall see. Uh, I don't know. But again, I, I didn't want to overshadow David Ortiz, but I ended up doing it anyway, I think. Um, but the picture, there's a picture of him celebrating. I'm going to put it in the show notes because it made me laugh because of what he was wearing and just everybody around them was really fun. So congratulations to David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. Really, I'm also just glad they elected someone, because I don't like when they don't do anybody. That feels dumb to me. And uh, hey, writers or committee or whoever, get rid of the rule of 10. Let everybody vote for whoever they want every year. Don't limit it. Let's get this straightened out, all right? All right, Jesus. There's your baseball. There's <laughs> as far as the lockout goes... No real progress, although the sides are having conversations, so I guess that's good. But from everything I'm reading, it looks like we may be starting spring training a little bit late. So, uh, what a bummer. What a bummer. So there you go. There's your baseball. 
All righty, there we go. Where did I leave off? Uh, NFL playoffs. I don't know where I actually left off, but I think we finished up the baseball. So NFL playoffs, we had, uh, I'm not going to go into like, oh, it's the best weekend ever because everybody, um, every podcast who talks about sports has done that. It was the best football weekend ever. They were great games. Uh, they definitely made up for the stinker that was wildcard weekend. So now there are four. And tomorrow we have the 49ers at the Rams and the Bengals at the Chiefs. And man, I I don't know about the 49ers. Like I, I want to buy in, but I just feel like they're, I don't know, like they're a good team. Obviously, they're in the conference championship game. So they're a good team. They can get stuff done. And that's a good thing. I'm not I'm not trying to dump on them, but I just feel like I'm leaning toward the Rams for the NFC. Like that defense is ridiculous. And Stafford, Bryce, good for him getting out of Detroit. And now he's in the conference championship game and could go to the Super Bowl if they win on Sunday. So I love their defense. Cooper Cup is awesome. I love Matt Stafford. If their guys can hold on to the ball, their running backs can hang on to the ball. They should win. How do you fumble four times and still win? I don't know. But give me the Rams at home. At home. They are at home, right? Did I I made that captain joke there without even checking? Um so yeah, give me the Rams. I told you we're gonna we're not gonna stick on this for too long. We spent more time on the baseball because I had things to complain about. Uh <laughs> and in the AFC, am I going with the upset with the Bengals over the Chiefs? This is really tough. I really don't like obviously conventional wisdom will tell you pick the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs and they can beat anybody even though their defense is soft, but if they have a soft defense, how do they make it past the Bills, and how do they make it to the AFC Championship game? On the other hand, Cincinnati, they're rolling. Nobody thinks they can win at all, and here they are, a win away from the Super Bowl. So, man, I just feel like, am I going with the upset? Am I really going to pick against Kansas City again and get burned? You know what? I think I am. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the, the Bengals. I picked them at the beginning of the thing last week and then some for some reason switched to the Titans by the end of that uh, segment. So Jamar Chase is awesome. Joe Burrow is fearless. I love it. I think they're going to have a big day against that Kansas City secondary, which is not very good. I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I know it's Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and all that. But uh, give me the upset. Give me the Bengals on the road to beat the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. So I guess uh, my Super Bowl pick then is Bengals-Rams. So how about that? Does that work for you? No? All right. I don't know. I think I have heartburn. That was a weird noise. Uh, Maybe that works for you. Maybe it doesn't. But anyway, there's your NFL. Um, Are we going to do NFL previews next week? No, because the Super Bowl is on the... Is it the 13th, right? It's not the 6th. Is it? Hold on. When is the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's February 13th. So it threw me off because they added the extra week because normally the week between the conference title game and the Super Bowl is Royal Rumble weekend. And now the NFL added another game, so we can't do that. So yeah, give me the Rams, give me the Bengals in the upset to go to the Super Bowl. And then, uh, I don't know, we will see from there. And finally today, well, no, not, damn it. I just hit the mic stand. I'm sorry if that made a really weird noise. I think we'll be fine. So we may hear from the captain, so we'll do that in a minute. But I want to do Royal Rumble. Let's do this real quick because we have, obviously, two Royal Rumbles, men's and women's. We have Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley, which is a match that a lot of people have wanted to see for a very long time. 
because uh, let's see, when Lashley debuted in WWE in 2000, I don't know, three or four, it was right after Lesnar had left. So it must have been 04. And everybody's like, oh, he's the next Brock Lesnar, same kind of build, same kind of like powerhouse kind of worker, right? So it's like, okay, great. I'd like to see them mix it up. And now finally, 20 years later, here they go for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. So looking forward to that one. Um, we have, let's see, Roman Reigns, who some say is the best character in the business right now. In WWE, I think I would say that. I don't know overall, but because there's a lot of wrestling that I don't watch, but uh, I would say that for WWE. Yeah, sure. He's taken on Seth Rollins and they faced each other before. They used to be tag team partners back in the day. So that's your universal title match. Uh, well, I can't see the rest of the card. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Two rumbles. We're, we're not staying on this long because my mom listens. And, uh, and Phil and Joel aren't here. So it's not as much fun. But two Royal Rumbles, you can't go wrong. It's going to be fun, I'm sure. And I'm going to check it out. We're going to watch it on Sunday because we can't watch anything live. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, newborns, man. So no spoilers, please. We're going to watch it Sunday. And uh, looking forward to it. So I hope whoever you want to win wins. And I hope that, uh, that you have fun doing whatever it is that you do. So that is all I have to tell you for today. We went a little long today. My B. Um, I'm sure we'll be fine. I don't know. Uh, in any case, that's all the stuff I got to tell you. So we will turn it over now to the captain. Good sir, I know the Flyers are not doing well, but I trust that you will bring me and all of us the excitement, the same excitement and optimism that you always have unless you've just given up, in which case that could also be fun. So, good sir, the floor is yours. Take it away. Starting up a sports league? Need some great activities for an upcoming party? Sounds like you could use some balls. Big Bob's Big Ball Emporium has got just what you need. We've got all the balls you'll ever want. Any size, brand, model, or material. Need some extra special balls? We happen to have an on-site ball-making facility. We'll get your custom balls to you within the hour. With one convenient location in Anchorage, Alaska, Big Bob's is your only one-stop ball shopping option for balls. Bob's waiting for you to see his balls, so call him at 1-800-GET-BALL. That's 1-800-GET-BALL. Thank you, my friend, the Meltic Bath, the Next Level Network, just in case you weren't there and we put something else in. I don't know. Hope you're well. Hope everybody's well. And that is all for today. We did a lot today. It's going to be a lot of work for me tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> TheNextLevelNetwork.com for all of our stuff. TheMelticPat.com for all of my stuff. It's all there. All the information you need. My thanks to Northbound for the tune. NorthboundFL.com for more over there. And that is, uh, that's it, right? We are good. G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. Take a breath, Pat. Jesus. All right, we are good. This has been a Nate Boylan production. Until next time, my friends, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wear your mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated and boosted when you can. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. There we go. Oh, God. Ah, Don't do that again. That was a weird, ah. That was stressful. That was very stressful. We are done. Thank you, my friends, for listening. Stay safe. Don't be a moron. And next week, I have no idea what's happening. So come on back for all that, would you? Come on. Come on. There you go. We're good. Thank you. I love you. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> we already did all the stuff. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo. Yeah.